0: Warning, the program you're about to hear is absolutely filthy and thoroughly disgusting. Furthermore, listening to it will immediately turn you into a bottom. Bottom. Hey, everyone. <laughs> Watch me shove this beer can up my ass. I'm proud to the declare the Adam Saint Show and his ass open to the wind. Ass open to the wind. This
1: is fuckery. <laughs> this is all
0: Fuckery. <laughs> Walkers, walkers, walkers. <laughs> Powered by TNR Studios. And now, give a warm round of applause to my friend and yours, Adam Sank. Oh, hello, hello, and welcome. Welcome to the Adam Sank Show, Biatches. We are not live today, but this is a brand new episode full of brand new content. If you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday, April 2nd, 2022, at dnrstudios.com or the DNR Cast app, the only place to hear this podcast live and throughout the week that it first airs. Ooh, I did that all in one breath. Leave us your ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. The reviews have been coming in fast and furious, and I could not be happier. Um, email me anything you want at adam at com. Call and speak to us live on the ASS hotline anytime. The number is 804-TALK-ASS. That's 804-825-5277. Uh, I shouldn't say live. I should say anytime, period. And we will play your voicemail on the air. And when we're live, we'll talk to you on the air. Like the Adam Sank Show Facebook page. Download the comedy albums. Get your ASS merch at adamsank.com. Please get vaccinated and boosted if you haven't already done so. I got a fourth booster this week uh, because I like to be extra careful. And here on the ASS... We stand with Ukraine, and you should too. Our guest today is one of New York City's hottest drag queens. I've been a fan of her for years, and it turns out that Steve and and this drag queen went to college together. So Steve is responsible for this booking. It is the one and only Pixie Aventura. We'll be talking to her a little later. But first, speaking of Steve, it's time to introduce, straight from Dutchess County, New York, everyone's favorite chubby Teresa, Steve Cesaro. Hi, everybody. It's so nice to be back. In this warm, comfy studio. We were just here a week ago. You know, it feels just like yesterday. Yes. You look very cute today. Steve is in a a red flannel. He looks kind of a lumberjack thing happening.
2: You know, I heard there'd be a really cute cubby bear um, here at the show, and I'm looking at that sadly empty chair. Yeah,
0: we were supposed to have a a little mini segment with a guest before Pixie, but he is not here, and um, Steve is bummed because Steve (laughs) saw his picture and wanted to (laughs) hop on that. And apparently I'll just... Hop on my chair. Poor Stop Steve. It. I know. Also with us is uh, everyone's favorite producer, the queen of fuckery, JB Bursi.
1: Hola. Como estas?
0: Muy bien y tú, JB. Uh, that's
1: as far as I go. It's all right.
0: right. <laughs> it's something. Yeah. Steve will tutor you. I will. We are, see- we are here uh, eating the good, good bagels from Liberty Bagel because mm-hmm. I got up good early good. enough that I mm-hmm. could make, make it down there. The line was around the block. It's kind of a hassle, but um, they're fucking delicious. You know?
2: The hours you can wake up when you don't go out the night before. I'm really proud of you.
0: I didn't go out last night. I figured. um, But I did watch something fantastic. So let's do uh, recommended viewing. Let's get right into it.
3: I hate this segment. Who gives a fuck what anyone else is watching on TV? This shit sucks.
0: Thank you, Gail. Um, First of all, I want to re-recommend Steve's recommendation from last week. I watched all of Bad Vegan on Netflix. It's really good yeah, uh, if you're into true crime, if you're into stuff having to do with cults and coercion, um, there's a sort of a mystery. It's just got everything. And what I like about it is you come away and you're not really a hundred percent sure of like who the good guys and who the bad guys are. Like it's mostly sympathetic to this woman, Sarma, with a long last name that I can't pronounce. But at the same time, you come away with real questions about Sarma and and exactly what she knew and what she was responsible for and not responsible for. So I love that shit. Bad vegan. And then last night, I started the Andy Warhol Diaries. Oh, I heard that was really good. Fantastic. Also on Netflix, um, I learned so much more about Andy Warhol. It is whole, by the way. (laughs) Warhol. Because his name was Warhola. Just remind me that my Covey Bear is not here today. Warhol is also Steve's <laughs> grinder headline. That hole has been to war in back.
1: Oh, I thought but, it was Horola.
0: Ooh. I like Hor-ola. it. Horola. Horola. No, Andy Warhol was <laughs> is one of the most important artists of all time. Um, doesn't always get his due as an artist. And this is a very personal look at sort of the man behind the art and um, – I've, I've watched one and a half episodes and then I got sleepy and had to go to bed. But I recommend that highly. Steve, yeah. what are you watching? Read us a, a blurb that you <laughs> printed out. So I'm actually going
2: to recommend a musical, which I really fought hard about not liking it. But I, I it was just enjoyable. It's called uh, MJ the Musical. It's currently on Broadway. Oh, It is not my husband's show. And I am troubled because of what Michael Jackson did to kids. Yes, um, But it was really interesting to sort of understand the music and how the music was worked around. So the synopsis is and it's very short. MJ goes beyond the singular moves and signature sound of the star, offering a <laughs> re- <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> offering a rare look at the creative mind and collaborative spirit that capitulated Jackson into the legendary status. Turn it up, Broadway, MJ is here.
0: All right, so I have questions. All right. Um does the person who plays Michael Jackson do the the voice? It's brilliant.
2: Hello. Um, yes, I would like to um, talk Is that to how you. he talks? He talks to you, and everything's about the T when he says, like, tart. It's really bizarre.
0: <laughs> and then do they address the allegations? Do they deal with his marriage to Lisa Marie? No. How personal does it get?
2: It, it definitely revolves around the music and sort of how he came to be the person that he is. Like, it goes into his childhood. So... It walks a really fine line of painting him as a victim and sort of his art created out of the victim from his family. But it never actually goes to saying he was abused, he was this, he was that. It just sort of says his childhood influenced the music that he was able to create up until the time of his death. So
0: it sounds almost like a concert musical more than a bio. So the downside musical. to this musical, and I love to support every
2: musical that's on there because people are working currently, yes. um, is that they keep teasing the concert, the Dangerous tour. And then at the very end, without giving too much away, it's sort of like he's made it this like gimmick that he was working on the entire time, makes it into the end. Um, and then all of a sudden, lights out, no mega mix, no concert nothing well cuz that's how it was right no the dangerous tour happened oh what's the tour that he was working on when he died um i think that was just like uh, that happened in 2009 right um yes yes the day fair yeah. fawcett died i can't remember
0: cuz i feel what? like that would have made more sense if that suddenly just yeah. went black because that's how that yeah. was
2: but no it's just like he so he, they don't deal with his death at no, all no they deal with the entrance like the iconic entrance know, of the jacket it doesn't sound very good <laughs> but <laughs> I, I just liked it because you you understood how the music was created so if you're like <laughs> if you're like a music nerd
1: <laughs> okay so I don't know. i'm the same'm I'm but as adam the same same. Boaz, I understand iffy to me so i need you to do me a favor i need yeah. you to go watch tina and then let me know how that is
2: tina's, tina's fantastic
0: great.
1: okay then never mind yeah i, thank you both. I yeah. love <laughs> tina tina
2: gives you
0: the concert <laughs> tina like teases the concert and then you get the it's concert. really well yeah. done and i saw matinee tina i didn't even see the main actress playing her right now and matinee tina was fucking amazing yes i can't imagine can- i wish i could remember her name do you know the actress's name the understudy no. yeah oh fuck she was good so yeah tina's a, a definite all right jb anything you'd like to recommend
1: yes okay so i i totally forgot It's two recommendations i'm i've never recommended this before and i'm like why this slipped my mind i love the music for this like in Encanto? anyone Encanto, <gasps> you know, we don't talk i heard well. it was great no, yeah it's no, so good no. um i've I never like mentioned it i should have recommended it like it's so good like the whole story is good it deals with family growth I think the grandma's fucked up. She she should apologize to Maribel. I deserve an apology for my trauma. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, but don't anyway. spoil it.
2: I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it yet either. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> anyway, moving on. The next thing I want to recommend is Human Resources Oh. on Netflix. It's it's the spinoff show for Big Mouth. And it's just about the whole Oh, you
0: monster. know what? I need to watch both of those because I watched a couple episodes of Big Mouth, <laughs> and I thought it was fucking hilarious. It is
1: fucking hilarious. Big Mouth is fucking hilarious. And the Human Resources just yep. adds to that because, like, I – Big Mouth, what made Big Mouth great, I think, was the Hormone Monsters. And now to see them have their own show and their own lives, I'm excited for it. I only watched like two episodes. I'm here for it.
0: I like it. I'm ready to watch it. Well, thank you, JB. Um, All right. So it turns out our first guest is uh, a no-show. He just – I just said, where are you? And he wrote, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) So – um let's do some bookkeeping Uh, this is an email that i meant to read two weeks ago (laughs) because it's a really old email but i just keep forgetting it and i'm sorry it's a great email from listener david s hi david subject heading great interview with ben unger love the new co-host thank you so much shout Shout out out. to steve i appreciate this email already ben's interview was fantastic keep him in mind for a guest co-host which i agree with so thank you david yeah okay. um, yes
1: so about that i gotta tell you bitches because i work with you bitches so after that after that interview before that happened we were flirting outside like before <sighs> he came in yeah we was flirting, flirting so i was like oh maybe i should just say hey you want to get your dicks up anyway i didn't i didn't message him which i'm not supposed to do because i'm a producer you can't
0: just jb i'm shocked oh, wow. by this nothing happened
1: I, I did but he was like nah i was like oh so, yeah.
0: What did you message him?
1: Um, I was like, hey, can I borrow some dick till Thursday?
0: That's <laughs> hilarious.
1: And then he's like, he's busy in the boy department. So I'm just like, okay. Aww. Yeah.
0: Wow. Well, um, coincidentally, you're not the only one in this room who hit on Ben <laughs> because Steve is now training with him. <laughs> Steve took his goddamn class to get that dick.
2: Listen, the, how did
0: that go? How's that going?
2: It's actually great. It's a really good program. I made. I have a new uh, a new gym buddy. His name is Charlie. He is Dominican from Miami, and. Uh, Charlie and I work together and we talk about all the butts and booties that we see during our workouts.
0: Together. So have you gotten the dick yet? No. So no one has gotten Ben Unger's dick. Well, but I, how, I'm, I'm kind of upset that my entire crew is sexually harassing him. <laughs> I, oh, It's very unprofessional. That's my job. I
1: know. Hey, listen, I told Katie, Katie was like, Katie, you know, my best friend, <laughs> and my boss, her best friend, she's like, go girl super happy and the boss is like don't ever fucking do this again i'm like i know i felt really bad for doing it i was like "This is super
0: i mean listen uh, this is not a normal workplace let's be honest right. we sit here and talk about like sex 24 7 uh so i i'm not upset with you i say good for you for trying and good for you steve for trying but the only one ben unger is ever going to fuck is me you know Thank i feel
2: you. like that's another ass challenge that i Yes. Speaking of ass challenge, so
0: Steve had said that um, anyone who leaves a review uh, will get a a picture of his hole. Uh, We did get a new review this week, but I have a feeling this person does not want a picture of your hole. I think this is a suburban woman who knows me, who works in the city, because she references my hometown. But again, if you don't tell me who you are, I don't know. I don't know who M-W-A-N-Y-C is. you got to give me more than that. But here's what M-W-A-N-Y-C said. And, Steve, you are mentioned for the first time in a review.
2: Thank you so much.
0: This is a great day. I know. You know. Funny and informative. Five stars. I love listening to Adam, JB, and Steve. They keep me up to date on what, what's going on. Great suggestions for recommended viewing. Seagale, And interesting guests <laughs> each week. I commute, and they keep me company week after week. I just wish Adam would perform at the Elks Club in Summit again. That's my hometown. Please come out of the out of retirement in New Jersey, not just Florida, and bring the cute Patrick with you. Aww. This is that, someone who really knows me. Is he going to have a fan club, Patrick? I feel like you're going to start this duo. You're going to tour the I country. I think he already does have one. So nice. thank you, David. Thank you, MWA NYC. I hope you identify yourself and let me know if you would like to see Steve's butthole
1: yeah because i think they'll have to tell us if they want to use butthole at this point like please when yeah you, you have review, to email us because we
0: don't yeah. know who you are yeah
1: when you leave a review please tell us hey i'm yeah. blah 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 i will like picture of steve's
0: nice rump cheeks well and you can also just email me <laughs> after you've left the review at adam and adamsank.com yeah so yeah. a couple things um i am on my way to florida uh thursday of this coming week jesus uh with patrick we are doing a live naked ...comedy and music show at The Foundry in Wilton Manors. Um, We are sold out for one of the shows already. Friday night's completely sold out. Saturday is close to selling out. There's still a few tickets left for Thursday and Sunday. But get your tickets now. Go to RonnieLarson.com or AdamSank.com. And, um, yeah, we hope to see you. And speaking of Florida... Uh, we know that they passed that hideous don't say gay law, making it illegal for anyone in school to discuss anything having to do with LGBTQ people or issues. Well, now um, uh, billboards are going up all over Florida that simply say gay. <laughs> Some of them say, say gay. Um, over $300,000 so far has been uh, raised for these billboards and, um, There's a fundraiser so they can do more of them. You can go to – this is hard. You go to secure.actblue.com and then just search – or I I think you just go to actblue.com and then search for Sege um, to help cover the cost of these billboards. Um, Once again, President Biden has called the bill hateful. Ron DeSantis – came out and said, understand, if you are protesting this bill, you are by definition putting yourself in favor of injecting sexual instructions to five, six, and seven-year-olds. No, you're not. That's a lie. He knows it. Fuck him. Fuck the Republicans. And um, say gay. Gay. And I will be saying gay, gay, and I'll be doing gay when I'm down there. In in Wilton Manors, the gayest gayest city in Florida and possibly the country. Gay, gay, gay. Gay, Meanwhile... Who here has seen uh, the new West Side Story movie? I have. Me? No. Okay, so it's fabulous. I love it. Um, It's actually my favorite of all the Oscar nominees I've seen, although I've only seen like five now of the Best Picture nominees. I'm not crazy about this crop of nominees. They're all fucking depressing. They're sad. Power of the Dog. Holy shit. Belfast? No. (laughs) These are not like... Not, uh, don't look up. None of these movies made me feel good. They stressed me the fuck out. But West Side Story is a masterpiece. And um, Rachel Zegler, yeah. who is a Latina, even though she sounds like a nice Jewish girl from <laughs> New Jersey, uh, she plays Maria. And she she was a, an unknown before this. Beautiful, terrific actress, terrific singer. She did not get nominated. But the film got nominated for Best Picture And uh, it got a number of other nominations. And for some reason, she was not invited to the Oscars. (laughs) It's so sad. And there's so many reasons why that's fucked up. Like, A, she's gorgeous. B, she's a person of color that the Oscars are supposed to be trying to promote and give equal time to. Three, she's amazingly (laughs) talented. Yeah, well, exactly. Four, like, the movie has multiple... Like, it's just a no-brainer that you invite her and... People just assumed she was invited, and someone on her Instagram wrote, can't wait to see what you're wearing on Oscar night. And she responded, I'm not invited, so sweatpants and my boyfriend's flannel. So then there was this outrage, understandably, with people saying like, hey, why the fuck wasn't Rachel Zegler invited to the Oscars? Now, a lot of people have said it's not the Oscars that make this decision. It's actually the um, production company. It's the studio. Who, who? They're given a certain number of tickets, and they get to say like who gets to go and who doesn't. Um, but in any case, after the story broke and everyone went crazy, she was invited by the Oscars to be a presenter. Good for her! I love it. So now she gets screen time. She okay. doesn't just get to sit there in the audience.
1: See, here's my problem with that. Because yes, good for the Oscars. They they kind of just say we'll take it upon ourselves to put her on stage. But at the same token, you kind of shift the buck to the production company. Are we just let the production company slide on this? It's Disney. Oh, well, we already know they're racist.
0: <laughs> that's actually well, we true. Love them anyway, that is that's exactly right. They're racist, and we love them anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dis- I mean, listen, Walt Disney.
1: Walt Disney, Disney,
0: Walt Disney yeah. himself was an actual Nazi sympathizer. Like he yeah. was a piece Ugh. of shit. Yeah. Song of the South. Have you ever heard of that, JB?
1: um i I, wasn't that the super racist black cartoon yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, i i I know i know and pocahontas i love pocahontas like there are things lots of things i can bring up
0: but song of the south they don't even like that's banned no one shows that anymore disney took that (laughs) they put that in the vault vault. that's right but anyway so i look forward to seeing rachel zegler on the at the oscars and um yeah it's just it flabbergasted me that she was not invited
1: yeah but fuck the production company, fuck Disney. I love you, Disney, but fuck you if you're listening. You were probably are. You're everywhere.
0: Shade, <laughs> Disney. If you're listening, you fucked up. Oh, Basically, every scared. nominee and every presenter gets a ticket, yeah. and then like a plus one, and then on top of that, the studio is given a certain allotment of tickets that they can just use however they want. And and some of she wasn't the only actor in a nominated film not to be invited. But it's just like, it's a bad look. I
1: would yeah. give, like, if, again, if I was a production company, I would give my the main actors
0: tickets to, to the premiere
1: Because this is their hard work. Of course. Like, it helps promote the
0: movie. You yeah. want her on the red carpet talking yeah. about West Side Story. What were you going to say, Steve? I
1: was going to say,
2: they could have at least extended an invitation to do the red carpet, which happens a lot on Broadway. People that can't get a ticket, you know, they'll go do the red carpet, they'll do their spiel, and then they'll go home. A lot of people actually prefer it because they say these award shows are incredibly boring. Yeah. So... They could have at least done that and said, I'll be on the red carpet. But, I mean, really fucking up, not even giving her a red carpet invite is kind of
0: shitty. Well, all's <laughs> well that ends well. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Kevin Spacey is someone we haven't talked about in a long time. I miss him. You do? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of thought all of his pending I, – I didn't think he had any pending legal cases. I thought everything had sort of been settled or dismissed. But, no, uh, there is ongoing shit happening to Kevin Spacey. And he suffered a setback uh, this past week because a New York judge ordered him to notify former crew members that their identities and depositions could be publicly disclosed in an unrelated sexual assault case filed by actor Anthony Rapp. This is confusing. There are multiple lawsuits against him. One is the ongoing one by Anthony Rapp, who we know from Rent and now Star Trek Next Generation. He plays Wilson Cruz's love interest. Um, Anthony Rapp claims that when he was a child actor, uh, when he was 14, the 26-year-old Spacey forced himself on him during a party and laid down on top of him. Um, And so he's been suing for sexual assault ever since Uh, he came forward with that news in, like, 2020, yes. But meanwhile, there are other crew members from House of Cards, Spacey's old show that was on Netflix— Um, that claimed that he sexually assaulted them. One former crew member testified that Spacey would say hello, greet them, shake their hand, and then pull their hand down to his crotch or touch their crotch. You know, I was thinking about this, because, you know, I'm not the most appropriate person all the time, Steve. Really? You and I were in the New York City Gay Men's Chorus together, and there's a lot of, like, touching that goes on like you see someone you know in the chorus and you give them a big hug and you grab their ass you know like i've done that a lot of times people have done that to me um hopefully there's always an understanding with that person that this is okay um but i don't remember ever grabbing anyone's dick like if i wasn't alone in a room with them like about to have sex you know like i can't imagine just greeting someone and grabbing their dick that seems so over the line I feel like we do
2: have friends, though, that like, especially in the game, in's course, like you give them a hug and they give you a little dick grab, like to be funny. And now well, did I think about it? I think it
0: does happen. You've never grabbed my dick.
1: And also, a lot of straight guys just do it just for the funsies.
0: Yes. <laughs> like, well, this is a very straight thing to do. Yeah, you, you can't do that. it when you're working on a TV show and, no. you, and these are like crew members oh, who like belong absolutely. to a union and <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. they're not into it. it yeah.
2: I have such an interesting sort of not it's not interesting, but, um, you know, I used to work on Broadway and it was so sexually open and it was understood that it's sexually open. And like part of it was like the freedom to be in this theater space with everyone who like wants to hug and touch and do whatever, you know, within reason. Like I don't I wouldn't say that all of it was acceptable and okay. but I would say a lot of it was—that's part of the fun of being with this group of people—is you get to be who you are, whether that's you know a super touchy feely type person, whether that's a person that doesn't you know appreciate
0: that. But, but we know from shit that went down yeah. in the chorus that we can't do that anymore, right? And like it, there and has to be cons- like explicit consent before right. you even hug someone. Yeah, and it's just yeah. to me, it—we've it, lost something. Yes, I feel. I agree.
2: I feel like gay, you know, gay guys. Before, but here's the
0: problem, Steve: is that, that there are also people in the course who would touch me and I didn't want them to touch me. There's also that. You know? Yeah. So it's kind of that thing of like, it's harassment when we're yeah. not into them. Right. And it's not yeah. harassment when we are or when yeah. they're a close friend that we feel comfortable with. And yeah. and so yeah, you, you, if you're going to make a standard, then the standard has to apply to everyone.
1: If you harass me, you better be hot. Or else I'm <laughs> pressing charge. Or someone
0: that I like, yeah. you know? Like there's nothing Steve could do to me or you could do to me that would like offend me, you know? That's I mean, true. I might say get your finger out of my asshole or something, but like, I'm not going to sue you. <laughs> the fact that my
1: finger's in the asshole, it got too far. Be very unusual. Yeah.
0: But anyway, this is a weird case because basically the, the Netflix case is bleeding over into the Anthony Rapp case. So this judge said, um, so Anthony Rapp filed a motion to obtain the depositions of the former House of Cards crew members to use in his own lawsuit against the actor. So the judge wrote in his order, all of these witnesses allegedly expressed concern directly or through counsel that they might suffer if their names and their involvement in the arbitration were to become public. Yeah. All allegedly received some assurances in that regard. He added that former crew members who testified against Spacey could file a petition to block Raps motion to disclose their identities no later than April 3rd. According to the arbitration peti- petition, more than 20 depositions from House of Cards crew members were conducted over several months. So basically, Spacey's going to be in litigation for a long time. Yeah. And um his career is ruined, and all of this could have been avoided probably if he had just come out yeah as a young actor. Just let it go. And not been so repressed that he felt like he had to, like, grab people in order to get a a little thrill. But maybe he's just a creep. Who knows? Probably. I'll actually
2: kind of flip it and talk about the crew as well. So – Adam, you know that I broke my foot uh, two, was it two, three, three years ago. Yeah, and I was in a lawsuit for it, and part of the lawsuit was that I lost work. I was at, I was out of retirement, and I was asked to go uh, work on Beetlejuice, and I had already said yes. And I, for some reason, I don't know how, I forgot that my foot was broken, but I was like well into the negotiations of what that was going to look like. And then I realized I can't do this show. I have a fucking broken foot. So. That was part of the lawsuit, and they had asked me, okay, we need statements from these people, from that people. We need to see that. And instantly, in defense of these crew members, I thought, I don't want any of them involved. I don't want any of them knowing because if I were ever to go back to the theater, that's what they would see me as, as a problem. That's
0: why people don't sue yeah. because they don't want to be seen as litigious, but yeah. sometimes you gotta, you got to stand up for your— Right, right. what if what I mean? want to go back to theater and no one wants to deal with me I because know. they know that I sued? So I totally know.
2: see what these crew
0: people are saying. Like, well, in the meantime, Kevin Spacey is seeking to toss out that $31 million arbitration ruling against him by uh, over the House of Cards situation. Uh, a hearing for that has been set for May 10th. So I didn't realize he had to pay $31 million. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. All right, well, in other news. Where's
1: that money going? Like it goes you, to the
0: crew members and to the lawyers. A lot of it goes to the lawyers.
1: Okay, sure.
0: Why? What do you mean?
1: I cause like okay, so thirty-one million dollars, right? Let's say it does go. But honestly, what's going to the crew members is probably to twenty grand.
0: Of no, that. more than that. Uh, I don't know. You don't. I bet much. they're each getting at least half a million, maybe uh, even a million.
1: So this it just seems dirty and at and All the money, and all the money, just goes to lawyers. A
2: lot of it does. So there's a law that lawyers can only get paid a certain amount of a lawsuit, and it's one-third. So whatever you win, the lawyer automatically keeps one-third and no more.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's actually kind of nice that that's made into law. Is that the Aaron Brockovich law? (laughs) I don't know. It could be. (laughs) Thank you, Aaron. (laughs) Meanwhile, in North Carolina, a family abandoned their dog, brought him to a shelter, and gave him up because they thought he was gay. Is that lady? The animal? No, that's a sound effect I got off of YouTube. <laughs> no, just kidding. But I tried to find the gayest sounding bark uh-huh. that I could. Does it have a lisp? Sorry, I'll shut <laughs> up. <laughs> You're terrible, Nero. I mean,
1: I can't do a gay bark. I can do a gay roar. Woof. Rar.
0: <laughs> the animal in question is. I believe that Mint Mobile. What can the fuck is it? that? <laughs> is that an ad for another show?
1: <laughs>
0: the animal in question is a dog called Fezco. The shelter believes he's four to five years old and weighs 50 pounds. Fezco's owners say they saw him trying to mount and hump another male dog. Uh, this led them to uh, believe that he might be gay, and that was just too much for them to handle. So they dropped him off at this protective animal protective services in Charlotte, and then the shelter uh, posted his picture and the story and said they were looking for someone... <laughs> To adopt this poor gay dog, Uh, same-sex behavior has been observed in over 1,500 animal species, including dogs. Some animals, like penguins, have uh, been seen to form long-lasting same-sex pairings and raised adopted chicks together. Among male giraffes, we've talked about this, same-sex behavior is more commonly observed than opposite-sex behavior. Um, But the ASPCA says dogs can mount other dogs for a variety of reasons. It's not always sexual. It can be a form of um, domination or control, and it it can be um, just because it feels good. You know, my sister's dog is a female, Luna. Yeah. She fucking humps everything. (laughs) She's she's not actually rubbing anything against you. She just grabs your leg and starts doing that humping motion. Anyway, the good news is Fezco has been adopted – And his name has been changed to Oscar. Well, with a name like Fezco. Exactly. (laughs) Hello, my name is Fezco. I'm a gay dog. (laughs) Arf, arf. (laughs) The couple said they renamed Fezco Oscar after the Irish poet and playwright Oscar Wilde, who, of course, was gay. Um, The family said they felt an immediate connection to Oscar, the new family, and his story because they have also faced discrimination. This was, uh, I guess, a gay couple that adopted him. Um... They said that his previous owners were not only bigoted but apparently pretty bad at taking care of him. The dog – Steve, can you help? The yep. dog hasn't been neutered and has uh, heartworms. So not only did they give up this poor dog, but they also didn't take care of it. But the good news is Oscar is with a happy, fa- uh, happy gay family and safe and no longer has to walk around with the name Fezco. I kind of want to keep the name, though, just because you can say Fezco. I kind of like the name Fezco, <laughs> if I'm being honest, for a
2: dog. I kinda it's kind of cute. I'm, I'm sorry, homosexual okay. dog.
1: Honestly, I just realized the <laughs> gayest dog, dog breed in the world is Siberian Husky. Want to know why? Tell, Tell me. Dramatic as fuck. Like, I've watched so many videos of Huskies crying for no reason. Just being dramatic. I was like, if that's a gay, if 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 they, if they were gay dogs, that's a gay dog right there.
0: <laughs> you mean because they cry? I feel if like Siberian Huskies are so mellow. They just like kind of blend into the background. Oh, no, they're so dramatic. Yeah, they like so throw dramatic. fits. They, yeah. they
2: cry if you don't <laughs> do what they
0: want. They're hysterical. All right. Well, this next yeah. story is dedicated to JB because I feel like this is something you may already know about. Oh. So apparently, Pokemon is still a thing. Yes, it's a it's a game that people play. I, oh, I haven't. I good. never followed Pokemon, and I thought that was like over. But Fingers. so there's a Nintendo Switch game called Pokemon Unite, and they released their latest characters, new characters that you can play as, and one of them is named Machamp or Machamp. Machamp. It's Machamp. Much, I knew you would know.
1: Yes, four our big big guy.
0: Nice. Yes, and um, as soon as it was released, oh, no. people started noting that. Machamp looks like a gay leather daddy Hot Here are some of the tweets Okay what gay designed this Machamp skin (laughs) Finally Pokemon representation for the LGBT Leather community Didn't have Machamp as a leather gay On my 2022 bingo card And finally Machamp of Finland Machamp of Finland
1: Okay
2: Thank you for that wonderful reading
1: um, A quick backstory into Machamp. Machamp is the final evolution of Machop, which is just a humanoid. They're all bodybuilders. Each evolution is just a bigger form of it. Mm. So, yeah, so I'm like, I'm, it's, I'm surprised it took them this long to turn Machamp into a gay daddy, into a gay leather daddy, because it was already there.
0: Well, uh, apparently, uh, you know, they, they did what they set out to do, because gays are loving it.
1: Oh my God, I have a Pokemon game. I mean, I think I have a Machamp. Hold are
0: you going to play as him?
1: No, I'm probably going to show you on i champ.
0: Okay. You know what it looks like. No, I so, saw pictures. Oh,
1: I saw Steven the champ.
0: All right. In the meantime, uh, play the Cocktails and Cock Talk bumper because uh, this is our last story before the guest. And now, time for another stupid story from Cocktails and com. Yeah, suck my cock. So Cocktails and Cock Talk has noted a, a disturbing new trend whereby uh, men – And particularly straight men are baiting gays to subscribe to their OnlyFans channels by showing gigantic dicks that are not really their dicks. In other words, they're photoshopping their bulges to enormous proportions. And then when the gays pay the money to see them in action, not only are are the dicks not as big as they first appeared, but they're also not really doing much. They're just like showing off their dick and their ass and jerking off. They're not really fucking – um, and so this is really false advertising. Cocktails and Cock says, says uh, we don't care if they actually identify as straight as long as the content is as gay as they suggest it is or there's a transparency about how it's not. Um, but, yes, men are Photoshopping their bulges into sizes that are just laughable. Um, and it says there's actually nothing wrong with these men's dicks to begin with. You know, they're nice dicks in real life, but they know that if they can exaggerate their bulges or put dildos in their pants, they will get bucket-bottom Twitter to retweet. <laughs> bucket-bottom Twitter may be my new favorite expression. <laughs> Steve, how do you feel about this? You know, leave it to the straights
2: to try and figure out how to get more gay guys to like them just to exploit us for our monies.
1: Yeah. It's... <laughs> like, bro, you have, your own, you have your own people. Like, leave us alone. We have a, we have enough faggots on LEFs to follow.
2: I have noticed it on Twitter though, like there's sometimes there are like these enormous like mushroom head penises that you see, and I'm like, that can't
0: be real. Sometimes it's it looks just, all out of proportion with yeah. the body. And now people can do it even with video. Like yeah. you can just sh- oh, really? see a video clip of some guy pulling out his dick and it's like literally the size of a fire hydrant. And you're like, that's not real. You're making me hungry. Stop. I know. Sorry to tease you. (laughs) On that note, it's time for our guest segment. And our guest today is one of the most beloved drag queens in New York City, Fire Island, and beyond. Aside from her long-running, high-energy stage show, she's known for her YouTube drag series, Drag Me Out, in which she makes over uh, people who have never been put in drag before. She also has a new single out entitled All In My Head. Take a listen. Hit it, JB. Oh, you're such a fucking dick. I I emailed you. You did. No, you
1: did.
0: All right. Well, play it when we get it. But in the meantime, please give a warm ass welcome to Pixie Aventura. Mm, hello.
3: Um, Pixie, I'm so sorry we didn't have your song ready. It's all right. Let's correct some things. I am not known for my web series, Drag Me Out. Uh, 200 people saw it. That's not being known. Bitch, I know Uh-oh. you. <laughs> <laughs> However, I am known for my stage performances. Yeah. Yes. And the single is not out yet. So you're getting... Oh, a sneak yeah, peek. A sneak peek. So maybe let's not hate on us. Our... <laughs> the song is great.
0: Uh, Thank and you. And we will
3: play it when we have it. Thank Should you? I call
0: you Pixie or Caesar? Or Caesar? Um, well, since... Pixie, Pixie. Yeah. Can I say your first and last name, your given, your birth name, so that sure. I can show you my Spanish pronunciation? Okay. Cesar Via Vicencio. That's
3: great. It's good, right? But it's Caesar. Fuck. <laughs> I'm already like batting zero with this interview. Aw, shade. All right,
0: uh, you, Pixie. You identify very much as a Latinx drag queen. See. Sí. Why is your Ethnicity central to your identity as a performer
3: well, I think it's it goes beyond drag it it goes back all the way from um, my origins as a performer in general Um, I felt uh, actually I went to school with Steve um, And yes, we mentioned that earlier at that time there were a lot of um, Latin people in that department but even then Um, You know, I was paying money for all these white people to teach me how to do things. And Mm -hmm. I feel like I was being whitewashed. And at that point, I didn't really understand that. But uh, towards the end of it, I truly was grasping at that. Oh, it doesn't even matter what I do. I will always be seen as this monolith of what Latin is. Um, So as I started entering into drag more, once I moved into the city, I realized that if I didn't see the representation that I wanted to see or I thought that I should see... I had to become that representation. You guys went to school for performing
0: arts, right? Yes. Yes. So when you say you were being whitewashed, Mm -hmm. you mean you were being taught to act and perform as as
3: white people do? Getting rid of my isms because it's not understood. Right. When in fact, it makes me unique. And, you know, like everybody always says, be yourself, but in reality, they don't know how to teach you when they don't have those references so right. it's just like well we don't understand that so this is what works and i understood that and i accepted that until i was just like wait a minute i'm not i didn't feel like myself anymore right right They even
2: took away the way that we talked. We had four years of accent reduction so that we could sound more Pacific Northwest, right?
3: Now, here's the thing. There's both sides to that because there is the neutralizing of yourself so you can enter into different characters and roles, understandably. Right. But it was also never celebrated to bring in what you had to offer and what your background was. Right.
0: And also... That isn't done very much to white actors. You know, Al Pacino always sounds like Al Pacino. Christopher Walken always sounds like Christopher Walken. No one says like, hey, you sound weird. We have to change your voice. They just kind of accept it and they create their own persona. And Mm -hmm. so why shouldn't Latinx people and and people with other kinds of dialects and accents Mm -hmm. be able to do the same? Uh, We should tell listeners that you are Bianca Del Rio's drag granddaughter
3: sure correct yeah she's your drag grandmother there's a story beyond that please tell us okay so uh if you don't know about drag communities or the ballroom communities um there are basically families formed from not from a chosen group of people when i moved into the city uh i wasn't really pursuing drag that i had left it in college but i met bianca del rio early on and as a joke one day i was like bianca Uh, can you be my drag mom? She's she was like, fuck you faggot. I don't do that shit. (laughs) Uh, But I started, as I started doing it, um, she took me under her wing. So the joke became that as a true Latin person, the grandmother takes care of the, the kids, the abuelita. So it became the joke that she's my drag grandmother. So I don't really have a drag mom. That's but I have hilarious. a drag, drag mother. Grandmother. That's
0: great. Uh, Bianca's a friend of mine. We've had her on the show twice. Oh, I'm, I'm so a huge sorry. fan. <laughs> no, she's, she's always been a great guest. And also, as you know, an actually lovely, An um, incredible um, person. person.
3: An incredible person. So, what did you learn from her? Uh, or what have you learned? I learned a lot from her. Uh, one, don't take shit from people. Uh, <laughs> be who you are. <laughs> um, and uh, she she's always given me quotes from one of our, our big inspirations as performers. Cheetah Rivera would always tell her, like, there's always someone in the audience that has never seen you before. So um, you have to give 110% and prove why you deserve to be on that stage. So That's such good advice. I've always taken that to heart.
0: Yeah, I mean, I look at someone like Bianca, and aside from her talents, which are immense, uh, she's such a professional. Mm -hmm. That's what I take from her. You know, we we sort of were performing in New York nightlife at the same time before Mm -hmm. she blew up, and um, I would see her, and I would be like, "Wow, like she's always
3: on. She's Mm -hmm.
0: she never gives like a seventy five percent performance."
3: That's what I strive to do as well. So you already.
0: pooh pooed your own uh youtube series but i want to talk about it because i do think it's a great idea and i think it, it has is potential i know for being like a like a show I on hbo was. or
3: listen it happened during COVID. i have, was like what do i do and i realized there's a, it came from a lot of stuff and there was plans uh from it uh yes it is a drag transformation um series but it was more about telling stories of queer people and that was my end goal and so you know you need a gimmick to to get things going and uh most of these people have never done drag or if they done drag it had been like for halloween which you know is all everyone's birthplace for a drag queen um so i believe in it i thought it was great but it was also during a time when there was not much going on so i just did it out of a need for expression yeah it's a way to be creative
0: mm-hmm. um for me, the hard part of this would be doing someone's hair and makeup mm-hmm. while interviewing them. Like, yeah. did you find that difficult or was it just Not at all. It, second
3: nature to you to it do it was that? actually it was it was easier to to just talk and let that flow than it was for me to um, actually paint the person. Uh We have your song available now, Pixie. Oh, my God. So
0: here's the latest hit from <laughs> Pixie Aventura that you're hearing for the very first time. It's called All In My Head.
3: For friends. Who's that boy? It's looking like you him your man. You made me believe it was all in my head. Cool. <laughs> you made me believe. Pixie doing commentary over her own song. It's
0: <laughs> a fucking good song. Yeah. Thank you.
3: I love it. Me this, too. This also came for a uh, need of more expression and feeling i needed to get out of a plateau of just art- artistry
0: can i tell you who it reminds me of a little and i hope you take this as a compliment sure, sure. i was a huge fan back in the early 90s of john cicada
3: Okay. I hear it like a John okay. Ciccata quality to your voice. Uh-huh. I see that. Totally. And I loved his voice. And I know that all of your listeners know who that Latin <laughs> person they're, is. Because they're all in their 60s, <laughs> like me. Yes.
0: Um, <laughs> what's the song about? What was your inspiration?
3: Um, okay. Well, the initially, Creating Music came about, I feel like... For the longest time, I put that aspect of my life on the shelf because of many different reasons, Um, being insecure about it, um, feeling like I didn't really have the chops to do it. And I was also focused in drag and my strengths were dancing and, and acting. So I decided finally during this time of COVID of really analyzing and looking at your life like, okay, what am I doing? Why am I holding back? And I decided to pursue it and... I have the connections and... Is this your first song ever? It's my first song ever. How exciting. Yeah. I think it's really good. Thank you. I enjoy it. Um, The references were Sam Smith, were Robin um yeah that's not john Sakana. not john sakhan i'm so sorry he never did anything like that it's
0: just another day no love him
3: (laughs) no Uh, stop (laughs) um and then the song came about there was many different themes stories i don't want to talk about but i guess during that time it was really talking about bullshit guys and having the interesting take of being a nightlife performer of being a drag queen and having to navigate through queer relationships or lack thereof and not only having to deal with the bullshit that regularly happens but then filtering in what being a drag queen means uh for for people um so uh, there's many times where i've gone on dates with people where they're more dating pixie than they are caesar and they don't really want to get to know caesar it's more about dating pixie And it's really fucked up. And then they ghost me or it doesn't end well. And then they still come to my show bringing in someone else. Yet it's really – oh, honey, the psychology. You know know what's
0: interesting to me about that? So real talk, I'm 51. So I come from a different generation from you. When I was (laughs) – yeah, come on. How old are you? What are you, like, 35?
3: 35. Yeah.
0: So different generation. So when I was young, okay, when I was in my 20s – Nobody wanted to date a drag queen. It's still the case. It was well, but it's different now because because of RuPaul's Drag Race because drag is such an enormous uh uh arena for mm-hmm. entertainment now and so popular, I think there are people who want to date you like you just said because you're a drag queen. Whereas in my day it would be like, I'll date you if you don't tell anyone that you're a drag queen and if I never have to see you in drag. Like it was really considered something shameful at the mm-hmm, time because absolutely. we had such a um, there was such femme phobia and there uh-huh. was such toxic masculinity. And... Well, I'll
3: hate to disagree with you, but that is still very prevalent. Well, so this is
0: what I <laughs> want to ask. So so you still have that. Yeah. And then you also have the opposite of that, yep. which is people only wanting to date you because of the glamour of, mm-hmm. of being exactly. a well-known drag queen.
3: Right. So is there, isn't there someone who's just like, I just want you? <laughs> Where? You haven't found (laughs) it. No, obviously not. It's, um, it's just, just, it's a lot of bullshit. It's bullshit. Um, a lot of trauma, a lot of insecurities. Um, I'm a very insecure gay man that just happens to do drag, but, um, yeah, it's, it's wild. How does someone who's insecure get on stage and be such a confident? Wait, did I say did I say insecure? <laughs> Was that a Freudian slip? You said, no, you said insecure. Uh, <laughs> correction. Beep. Uh, I meant secure. Uh, no, I am very secure. Sorry. Good. You insecure. Yeah, yeah I, I,
0: I'd be surprised if it were otherwise, because you, yeah. you radiate confidence on stage. But I know that can also be a facade. You know, that's right. why some people become performers so they can totally. put on this. Armor and and be this strong person. Totally,
3: um, and and actually, a lot of people I feel become drag queens because of that. They they use it as a as a shield, as a way to actually be able to interact with people. I never really used it as that. I never used it as a f- way to party and and go out. I just wanted to perform, and this was a venue that allowed me to do what I wanted to do.
0: All right. So the million dollar question
3: is. Mm-hmm. Why don't you want to be on RuPaul's Drag Race? <laughs> Stars. <sighs> <sighs> okay, so there's many aspects to that. One, it has now become the level grounds for success for anyone that does drag that the, order, the only way to become successful is to be on that show, and I believe that is completely incorrect. Um, it has now be, also become the only way to give someone a compliment. Oh, my God, you're so good. You should be on that show. Right. Like, my level of success is only based on what is seen on that show. Do I have the goods to go on that show specifically for the house of RuPaul and be successful? Yes. Do I like the show? No. I hate reality TV. I hate reality competition show. It is the lowest form of TV because it panders to just drama and crap. I'm not saying that there's not moments where it's like hysterical and funny. Of course, there's many talented people that go on there. But you also run the risk of coming across really badly and... I know a lot of friends that have gone through it and their careers have not really been the same since. Mm -hmm. So um, it's not like I'm scared of what might happen. It's just that, you know what, my path lies somewhere else. And I'm very confident with that. I mean, that all makes sense to me. I guess uh, cynically, I feel like if
0: it were me, I would just try to get on it because your, your, you know, your quote goes way up and suddenly you're, you're working all over the country more than you would be now perhaps, or you would have, you know, infinite numbers of more followers, which is more earning. Like I would just be thinking about the dollar signs and think like, Mm. well, Well, if I can do this, why not? But as we all
3: know, money is happiness.
0: It's not. You're right. You're right. That's why I'm saying it's cynical to to think this way. And I, I respect you as an artist for sort of saying like, this isn't for me. Like I don't, that's not the most important thing to me. Yeah. But I think a lot of – I think you're a, a rare individual in that sense.
3: I'm probably the most outspoken, but there's a lot of people that think this way too. Yeah, um, I mean listen. For me, the only thing I can compare it to is Last Comic Standing, right? Oh um, my god. And uh, So You Think can Dance and American Idol. No, but as a comedian I'm saying. W- right, like, right, right. So
0: I went on Last, Com- uh, Last Comic Standing and I, I made like the New York Showcase. So I was mm-hmm. on an episode right. and then that was it. I was cut after mm-hmm. that. And – I don't know that I regret it, um, but I think I feel the same way about that show as you feel about RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm -hmm. It has very little to do with Mm stand-up and about real talent. It's very much like, Mm -hmm. who can they market to the widest possible audience? With RuPaul's Drag Race, I have to say, I do enjoy it because I think sometimes the weirdest, most unlikely person does end up winning. Absolutely. It's not always so cookie-cutter, and I think... I give RuPaul credit for actually um, bringing to the world some people that would have not otherwise been, been
3: known. But, totally. I, but I
0: do get the whole reality show grossness
3: yeah. of it all. It's so apparent. It's just like they go from one shot to another and all of a sudden they're talking about a topic that is so obviously was not being talked about. She's like, yeah. oh, my God. What's your trauma? And it's just like, oh my
0: god! Now it's time to
3: cry. Oh, no, uh, and then you hear the music, like do do do, do, do. and then the drama comes in. You're like, oh my I god! I like the rattle when someone says something shady, and it's like. All
0: right, so now let's talk about you and Steve going to college together. Now, was he as big a cum slut in college as he is
3: now? Um, he wasn't really out interesting he, he wasn't really out. i was probably one of the most outspoken gay people in that school i didn't give a fuck anymore
2: were you guys friends yeah yeah i actually think we fought a lot about that i think caesar was like you should come out because you knew before a lot of other people did yeah and he and he it's so funny we have like a we've been friends and we've always kept in contact mm-hmm. you know sometimes a lot sometimes a little mm-hmm. um but yeah i feel like you've always been an important part of like my gay coming out story i never officially came out by the way um i just assume people is know this that I'm it gay hi everyone i'm a homosexual on the homosexual show finally Republicans.
0: steve (laughs) chesaro is the did you ever actually tell your mom no
2: she came to my wedding that's how she oh (laughs) that's that's right
0: amazing stupid idiot so you've always been kind of a trailblazer
3: yeah i there was a i don't know where i got it from but i don't just give a fuck anymore like it's just like i'm gonna live my life and you got a problem with it where did that come from? Did did either or both
0: of your parents instill in you this I, sense of, like,
3: be proud of who you are? Uh, I would say probably my mom. Not saying that she was a huge support from the beginning. Not saying that she was, like, anti-gay. But um, she went through her own growth as a queer parent. But... Um, I think I got it from my mom without her realizing the monster she was creating. Right. Um, in middle school, I remember I told my mom and my grandma, I woke up one morning Sunday and I just was like, I'm not going to church anymore. And they were upset and living. And they're like, why? And I'm like, can you tell me a reason why I have to go to church? Like an actual concrete reason. Right. And they were just like, besides the, cause you have to. And it's just like, why, why do I have to go and tell a stranger my sins? And to hear these stories, these fairy tales, it's, why am I going? Right. By the way, I'm not, like, anti-religious. No, but, but I know what you're saying.
0: It didn't mean anything to you. It didn't
3: mean anything to me. So why am I waking up early from my hard schedule and <laughs> I mean, to go to these things? Were you, like, a badass in, in
0: high school? Like, did you hang out with, like, you know, the the... The smokers and the
3: no. I went to a performing arts high school, baby. Oh, okay. So, uh, so you know, Glee. <laughs> the the key kids... was Lea Michelle. No, 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 no no, 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 no. The kids from Glee would have been the nerds because we had talent. Oh, uh, we went. I went to New Orleans School of the Arts. Shade. Um It's not Shay, but we saw their dancing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was incredible. It, it was such an amazing place to be at. It actually uh brown is was my principal and she's the mother of the the new senator that is potentially going to be yeah she is the principal that's the mom wait of who of katanji oh fantastic she will be she will be be. but her mother was my principal that's fucking amazing
0: yeah and she was incredible all right caesar slash pixie in the time remaining it is time to play everyone's favorite quiz show ask me no questions
1: Ask me no questions. Ask me no questions. Yeah.
0: Have you ever had sex in drag? <laughs> Once.
3: In what sense? What did you do? Did you get sex, fucked? sex? Yeah, <laughs> with the, with the gown on. <laughs> uh, not a gown, but yes, it was in Ohio, actually. Um, <gasps> How was, was that oh, for you? It was the most uncomfortable fucking thing. I like, think I'm so. an incredible actress. That <laughs> that is an acting. Why act, did you do it? i don't know it was just like why the fuck not let me see and this like this go-go dancer from havana uh remember that club say uh-huh. no more his name was big willy he was five four and oh. he made up for it oh. but it was, it was just like once it was done i was like okay well that was done Great. that'll never
0: happen again yeah i was like, picked
3: your wake up and left <laughs> what's the
0: weirdest thing one of your fans has ever
3: done or said to you uh, I think I don't know if it's weird it's just awkward it's just when people give you compliments it can never just be a compliment it's almost gotta be like tearing somebody else down mm-hmm. uh, uh, that's always really weird cause it's just kinda like I don't know you like that that's my friend and as much as like I agree with you uh, it's not your place <laughs> right right <laughs>
0: Yeah, in stand-up it's always it's always a back backhand compliment. It's always like right. I saw you a couple years ago and didn't think you were really funny, but you were great tonight. Right. It's like just leave the first part out.
3: Or or it's like the um I never really liked drag until I came. And I'm just kinda like, uh, how am I supposed to take that? Right, like, thanks. Just, people are so stupid. I'm a clown. Describe your worst gig ever. Ooh, uh, this was a favor for um uh, for a friend of mine that worked at the bar, and it was this a uh, carnival night at this Brazilian party. It was a straight party and they wanted a Carmen Miranda. So I came in and I did the Carmen Miranda and I truly felt, which is why I don't do straight parties anymore. I truly felt like that clown at, mm. at the kids party, but the kids didn't want a clown there. Right, And they would just stare at me and walk away from me. It was supposed to be like taking pictures. And then the promoter or whatever she was, uh, she came up to me after her and she was like, when I was done after three hours, she was like, Um, you know, the general manager didn't really like your wig. So we're only going to pay you a third of it. And I was like, oh,
0: my God. And I was
3: like, what? I was like, no, you're going to pay me my rate. Like, we were actually going to let you go. But I was like, I'm Carmen Miranda. I have to have a headpiece, not a fucking big wig. It was just them. like, And you you wore the traditional Carmen Miranda with the fruit. (laughs) It was a recreation. So did you get the money? Oh, absolutely. I was like, I will call the police. You are playing with the wrong one. And it's just like... That's such bullshit, man. Absolutely. How meaty is your tuck? It's not. (laughs) It gets an applause. Okay.
0: Mine neither. (laughs) Um, What's your favorite song to lip sync to?
3: Uh, That is always a question that comes up. And unfortunately, I do not have one because I am very versed. Very versatile. In every song ever (laughs) written, and especially (laughs) orchestrations and soundtracks for films. Okay. (laughs) Which queen has been the greatest influence on you? Oh, God. Uh, I would have to say Freddie Mercury. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, my inspirations are not drag queens. The only drag queen inspiration I have is Bugs Bunny. (laughs) I see that a lot. And in
0: fact, in the movie um, Disclosure... Yeah. Some of the trans women talked about how Bugs Bunny was their one and only Absolutely. representation that was positive,
3: positive when they were growing up. And didn't give a fuck. Right. <laughs> um, who's your celebrity crush? Oh, God, this is hard. All right, if we're going for daddies, uh, <laughs> it'll have to be John Stamos and Hugh Jackman. Oh. But if we're going for contemporary, I will have to say Zayn Malik.
0: Good answers. I've always had a thing for John Stamos. Um,
3: what's the best advice your mom ever gave you? God, I guess indirectly just, you know, being yourself and standing up for yourself. Uh, as, I say indirectly because she didn't know she was telling a gay kid to do it. <laughs> Listen, <Oops>. whatever works. <laughs> Pixie, how can people follow you online? Every social platform is Pixie Aventura. That's P-I-X-I-E-A-V-E-N-T-U-R-A.
0: Thank you so much for talking to us. Yeah, Absolutely. It's been really fun. Stephen JB, plug yourselves. I'm Steve Cesaro Medina on Facebook and CubMexi on Instagram.
1: I am stacking anarchy twelve only on Instagram.
0: Thank you so much. You guys come see me and Patrick naked in Florida this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday <laughs> and Sunday night in Wilton Manors. Go to Adamsank.com. We are back next week with a special Lost Ass featuring Scott Lowell from Queer as Folk. Subscribe to this podcast at DNRstudios.com. Don't forget to order your ass merchandise at adamsank.com. Follow me, me, on Twitter and Insta at AdamSank and on TikTok at AdamSankOfficial. Email me your dick pics at Adam at AdamSank.com. Have a great week, bitches. Bye.